Hello, beloved, and welcome to this Bible study. And uh, today we're going to look at the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The incarnation of Christ, our Lord and Savior. Before we continue, though, let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for your love and kindness towards us. And thank you that we have your word. Thank you that we can study your word and we can find the gold and the pearls that is hidden in your word. Uh, for those who believe to find and to grow uh, in the grace and knowledge of Christ. I pray, Father, that you will please enable me as your servant to teach your people so that you may be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Right, speaking about the incarnation of Christ, I think the first thing we need to ask ourselves is what is the meaning of the incarnation? Now, if you can remember last week, we learned that Jesus had no beginning, that the eternality of Christ. The fact that he is uh, in the past, he has no beginning, he has no end, and he is now. All right, so we learn that Jesus had no beginning, and we know that there came a time, and this is according to the scriptures, according to the Bible, when Jesus took on the form of a human being, and he was born as a baby. Now, this event, where Jesus basically takes on human form, and being born as a baby is known as the incarnation of Christ. The incarnation of Jesus Christ. Before the incarnation, obviously Jesus was God. He was part of the triune God, and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the second person of the Trinity. So he was, uh, he was part of, of the triune God. When he was born, he took on another nature. That is a human nature. So he, he was fully divine when he was in heaven, or when he was, yeah, let's call it when he was in heaven. Uh, and when he took on, uh, basically, when he was born from a woman, he took on a human nature. All right. But that doesn't mean that he gave up his, the, the nature of God. All right. But he actually chose to empty himself of the rights that he has had as God. Now, Philippians 2 verse 7 speaks about it so clearly. Right, so he emptied himself of that right. He emptied himself of all the privileges that he had, uh, being God. Yeah? He, he emptied himself of all of those. And to take on a human nature, that, that is humbling himself, showing us what true humility looks like. Eh? Now, by taking on the nature of man, uh, he was not making himself greater he was actually making himself less okay so he became less than what he what he was when he was a part of the triune god before creation and before he took on flesh and blood right so let's ask ourselves the question then what is the method of the incarnation now beloved before creation it was decided in the triune God that God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, would become human. And it's not in the ordinary way that people are born. Right? So among the, the triune God, the three persons of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God the Father would be the one who sends Christ. Jesus Christ would be the one who becomes flesh and the Holy Spirit will come and indwell him and enable him to live the kind of life that, that God wants him to live as in his human nature. Right, so God the Son would become human 
and he wouldn't it would become human not in the ordinary way that people are born jesus would be born of a virgin according to isaiah 7 verse 14 now basically if we talk about a virgin what is a virgin a virgin is someone who did not have any sexual relationships with anybody else right that's very important so it jesus would not have an earthly father right but he would be um, how can I say, he, he would be born from a virgin. Now, the question that comes up, or actually a few questions that comes up is, why was Jesus born in this way? Why could he, be in, why could he not be born in the normal way, you know, with a normal mother and human mother and a normal human father? Why did he need to be born at all? Why did God not just uh, put Jesus on this earth? Or Jesus himself decide and come to this earth as God without any human parents. Why was Jesus born in this way? Now, beloved, the answer uh, to these questions is that God decided. That's the triune God. Now, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit decided before the foundation of the earth. And the, the triune God decided in, in his wisdom that Jesus Christ the second person of the Trinity, would be born of a virgin so that he would be um, fully human. Okay? But at the same time, he would also be fully God because he is God incarnate. All right, so he would be fully man and fully um, God. If Jesus was not fully God, listen to this, very important, he could not pay for the sins of those that he came to save. It wouldn't be possible. Okay? Because he had to be perfect. Right through. His whole life he had to be perfect. And if he was not fully man, he could not represent sinful man on the cross. Because it, it took a human being that followed God 100%, that was obedient unto death, to die on the cross for sinners. And that's exactly what Jesus did. And he did it because he was fully man. But at the same time, he was also fully God. All right. So it was necessary basically for Jesus to be fully God and fully man at the same time. That's why we talk about Jesus as being the God-man. 100% God, 100% man at the same time. Two natures. A divine nature and a human nature in the same person jesus christ now the only way that this could be true was for him to be born of god and at the same time born of a woman that's why jesus is the son of god right but he's also the son of man okay now what what is if we had to give reasons for the incarnation what would some of those reasons be? Uh, before we look at that, one important question that we must answer when we do a study about Jesus is this. Why did Jesus come to this earth? Yeah. What was the reason for Jesus to become a human being? And many people would answer that Jesus came to die for our sins. And that would be right. <clears throat> That's the basic answer. That's right. But the Bible actually gives us several other reasons why Jesus came. For example, 
Jesus came to reveal God to mankind, to, to, to the human race. Okay? You see, before Jesus came, the prophets told the people about God. But when Jesus came, he came to show people what God was really like. Because remember, Jesus is God. No? He, he was in the, you can say, this is difficult. He was in the presence of God. No, he wasn't just in the presence of God. He is God. He is he's part, and he's, yeah, he's, he's part of the triune God. But what Jesus did was he came to demonstrate God's love and his patience and his faithfulness and his power. And so we can go on. All the attributes of God was shown through Jesus Christ. All right. So what Jesus did, not, he didn't just come to die for the sins of his people. For sure he did that. But he also come, came to reveal God to men or God to human beings. But then also... Secondly, Jesus came to provide an example of how we should live. Remember, he was fully man. For sure, he was fully God as well, but he was fully man. Um, before Jesus came, the people had God's law. Right? The problem is, they never ever met anyone who could obey the law of God perfectly. They didn't have that kind of example. And here comes Jesus, Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, and he set the ultimate example of what obedience to God actually looks like. Beloved, this is huge. This is really huge. You see, Jesus came to become a sacrifice for sin. That's uh, the third thing that we need to see. He came to become a sacrifice for sin. Now, the Old Testament <clears throat> sacrifices was given by God as a picture of the great sacrifice uh, that was coming. And that was Jesus Christ. He was the great sacrifice that was coming. That sacrifice that would be accepted by God forever and ever. That sacrifice that was necessary to be brought once. You see, before the blood, and, blood of bulls and goats um, was used, but it couldn't do what the blood of Jesus Christ did. That's amazing. All right. So what we've done is we've seen already, the Bible reveals to us, the reason why Jesus came is, he came to reveal God to mankind or to human beings. Secondly, Jesus came to provide an example of how we should live. Thirdly, he came to become a sacrifice for sin. And then fourthly, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Beloved, too many Christians today forget that Satan is actually a defeated enemy. They act as if Satan is this, this powerful enemy that, how can I say, has authority and power over God's people. And sometimes it seems as if it's, uh, Satan has equal power than God has. And that's not true. What we shouldn't do is we shouldn't give the devil power which he does not have. All right? We can give the devil an open door in our lives. Ne? That's why Ephesians chapter 4 says, do not give the devil an open door. Ne? Don't give him a foothold into the door. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says so beautifully, it says, Inasmuch then 
As the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. So he became human, eh? that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, and that is the devil. All right, so Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. The, the, the power that Satan had over God's people, that power is, it was destroyed when Jesus rose from the, from the dead. What we can do is, when we sin, and we continuously sin, we can give the devil a foothold in our lives, and we start, actually start to, to obey him rather than obeying the Almighty God. All right. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. We need to understand that the final victory obviously is, is written in the book of Revelation, right at the end when Satan and Hades and all the fallen angels and the false prophet and the Antichrist are all cast into the lake of fire. That, that's the, how can I say, that's the ultimate, absolutely ultimate, when he is completely destroyed forever and ever, never to be able to walk um, or, or to do anything against God's people again. Right when he's cast into the lake of fire. This is amazing. But then fifthly, Jesus also came to become a merciful high priest. That's why Jesus came. You know that the name Emmanuel has the meaning of God with us. That's what it means. So that's the incarnation. Eh? God with us. Emmanuel. God is with us. <clears throat> but we know that, yes, he is Emmanuel, God with us. And we know that Jesus went back to heaven to prepare a place for us. Right? And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Okay? Till the day that he is going to return back to this earth. He is doing intercession for us. Okay? At this specific stage. Because he acts as a a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. And we as believers are seated with Christ in heavenly places. So Jesus is the perfect, merciful high priest that is interceding for us before the Father right now. Because remember, he is the one who brought the perfect sacrifice in the heavenly tabernacle. And that's beautiful. That's amazing. So he came to this earth to become a merciful high priest because uh, a human being can only become a high priest an angel can't become a high priest it must be a human being and Jesus became our high priest all right higher than any of the earthly high priests but he because he went into heaven and he brought the perfect sacrifice on the altar in the heavenly tabernacle according to the book of Hebrews then sixthly, Jesus came to fulfill the promise that was made to David. It's like there was a promise made to David that Messiah would sit on the throne of David. That is the promise that was made. Okay? And there's one thing that we need to, to know, and that is that God always keeps his promises. Even though we might be unfaithful at times, God is always faithful. He's not a man that he should lie. He's not a, a human being that he would go back on his word. What he says is what he says. Now, 
remember that God made a promise to David. Okay, and when Jesus was born, God was fulfilling that promise that he made to David. And we know that in the thousand-year reign of Christ, when uh, Jesus sits on the throne of David in Jerusalem, uh, then we know that that promise will be completely, perfectly fulfilled when Jesus reigns on this earth in righteousness for a thousand years. Oh, what a glorious time that is going to be, beloved. Just think about it. No more tears, no more crying, no more, how can I say, fighting, no more corruption. Nothing that's evil will be there. Wow, absolutely amazing. All right, then the seventh reason why Jesus came, that the scripture also reveals to us, is he came to provide release and freedom from hurt and despair. Beloved, there are many people who carry great, great burdens with them. And, and you can see how those burdens are so heavy that it pushes them into the ground. Just picture that picture of somebody that has such heavy weights on his shoulders or her shoulders that it's pushing them into the ground. They know their sins are forgiven. But still, they have a lot of troubles while they are on this earth. And beloved, what Jesus came to do is that he came to take these troubles and these burdens, to take them upon himself, to exchange a yoke, his yoke, for our yoke. Let's say my yoke is, is for, too heavy for me to carry, and I really am struggling to carry the yoke that, that I, I'm carrying at this specific moment. Jesus says, I can come unto him, all who are weak and heavy laden, and he will give me rest. He will give us rest. That's the one thing he says. And I need to take my yoke and place it on him. And he will give me a light yoke to carry. But he will carry that heavy load, that heavy yoke that I am carrying. You see, beloved, God knows what we go through in this life. Jesus knew, or he knows, because he was on this earth. He understands much more than we think he understands, because he is fully human. When he was sweating because he had to walk during daytime, it was real sweat. He didn't have a, a built-in air conditioner to cool him down. Right? When he had to walk miles, he walked miles. There were no... Uh, Uber drivers or taxis or buses to take him to his destination. He had to walk. All right. And at the end of the day, he had to walk with that heavy cross on, on his shoulders. He had to walk to Golgotha where he was murdered. Jesus knows what suffering is. And, and the greatest of suffering that Jesus experienced, I believe, is when he hung on that cross and he cried out, My God, my God, why has it all forsaken me? When God turned his face from Jesus Christ and he poured all the sins of his people upon Christ and he died. Oh, beloved. Now, we carry heavy burdens on this earth. Obviously, some people carry heavier burdens than others. But, beloved, we need to know this that Jesus Christ made it possible for all of those people who believe in his name 
all those who have come to faith in Christ and who have repented of their sin, not just to carry the burden of Christ on this earth and, and his yoke that is light, but to have deliverance, complete, perfect deliverance when they go to heaven. When we exchange this life for eternal life, we will be perfect because our glorified bodies will no longer know trouble and pain and suffering. Does that make sense? Beloved, this tells us something of the incarnation of Jesus Christ. And I believe it's very important for us to, to understand the incarnation because it is Jesus Christ, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, who became flesh, who was fully God and fully man at the same time. But as a human being, he dwelled on this earth, born of a virgin, um, walked and talked and he had to eat and he had to drink and he had to uh, clean himself and he had to wash his clothes and he had to do a lot of things. All human beings do. And then he died on our behalf. And he became flesh so that you and I may live forever. Because he, he came to bring forgiveness of sin. Right? That's so beautiful. Okay, I'm going to end there. May the let's, let's just pray first. Father, thank you so much for the incarnation. And thank you that we can understand a little bit more of what Scripture reveals to us about the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, became flesh. Thank you for that, Father. And thank you so much that we can learn. Thank you that we can be edified. And, yeah, Father, burn it into our hearts. Everything that comes from you and all the things that doesn't come from you, just blow it away. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time. Bye-bye.